This program is a community service and is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice. Listeners having questions about their health should make an appointment to see their personal physician. Any opinions or statements made during the program are those of the individuals or physicians making the statements and are not the opinions or statements of the hospital. Worn-out joints are no laughing matter, and pain can be unbearable. But the good news is that replacing joints can reduce pain and help you move and feel better. We're going to talk about it today with Dr. Dimitri Delagramatikas, an orthopedic surgeon at Tenant Health Central Coast. This is Healthy Conversations, the podcast from Tenant Health Central Coast. I'm Prakash Chandran. So first of all, Dr. Delagramatikas, when we're talking about joint replacement, which are the most common joints that are replaced? You know, in my practice, I'd say the most common joints that I see are hip and knee, by far the most common joints that suffer from arthritis and that uh, tend to wear out over time, especially, you know, for our active community here on the Central Coast. And what are the types of injuries that necessitate a joint replacement like you're talking about? So there's probably a couple different ways that uh, a patient may present to me with uh, hip or knee pain that would ultimately need a hip or knee replacement. There's sort of the run-of-the-mill uh, wear and tear that, that occurs with time, just uh, sort of analogous to when you wear the tires out of your car, you can wear out the cartilage in either your hip or your knee joint with you know, normal uh, wear and tear over time. There's probably a component of uh, genetics that's, that plays into it. So if you have family members in your family that have joints replaced, oftentimes I see, you know, see that in common as well. Um, but other uh, injuries such as fractures or injuries to the joints can result in arthritis to the knee and to the hip. Uh, some of the conditions where there might be malalignment or uh, ligament injuries uh, can predispose patients to hip or knee arthritis. By far the most common is just run-of-the-mill wear and tear over time. Yeah, you know, like many people listening, I'm a weekend warrior. On, on Sundays, I play pickup basketball with my friends. And, you know, sometimes I will sustain a knee injury. And through that rest, ice, and compression method, I'm able to, you know, nurse it back to health uh, within a couple weeks, you know, at most a couple months. Um, but I'm wondering... When should a person consider going in for a replacement of the joint? Is it when the injury becomes more frequent or when the pain persists and doesn't go away? Maybe talk a little bit about that. It's always important to uh, kind of listen to your body. If you're you know, having persistent pain, pain that doesn't go away, um, it's important to get that checked out and make sure there's nothing more serious going on. Oftentimes, like you just said, uh, the most important thing to do is start with the simple things, ice, rest. Oral anti-inflammatories, those are always the mainstay of uh, treatment for, for joint pain in general, but especially with arthritic hips and knees. Um, you know, we find that we get patients pretty comfortable and get good relief and back to those activities that they enjoy uh, with some of those simple things. If uh, those aren't working, oftentimes we may recommend things like injections or uh, some physical therapy um, to, again, try to get as much life out of those hips and knees as possible before having to consider, you know, surgery. And obviously, surgery is always, you know, want to be the last, um, the last option, but, you know, for patients who have been suffering a long time with uh, hip and knee pain, it can be uh, a very reliable and reproduced procedure to, to get them back to doing those things they enjoy. You know, when we're talking about this knee or hip replacement, uh, I'm sure people listening are wondering what type of life they're going to have after the replacement. So, you know, they might be playing sports now, they might be running, and even though the knee or hip hurts them a little bit, um, it's something they can deal with. But maybe talk a little bit about what the quality of life will be like after the replacement is done. Now, I always joke with my patients that the whole reason we're doing these surgeries is to get them back to doing what they what they love doing. You know, a lot of times um, you'll have patients who are really limited, you know, unable to play tennis or go hiking or, or you know, ride substantial uh, distances on their bikes because of the knee pain or the hip pain that they're experiencing. And so 
you know, the whole reason that we do this is is uh, to get them back to doing those things. You know, arthritis in and itself is not a dangerous condition. It's not life-threatening or limb-threatening. It's really more about quality of life. And so, you know, that's, that's the number one thing. That's really interesting. You know, I think that so many people believe that if a replacement is needed, that you are somehow diminished or handicapped in your abilities afterwards. But what I'm hearing from you is that afterwards, you can actually go back to pretty much what you were doing at, uh, at 100% almost. Is that correct to say? Yeah, I'd say so. You know, at the same time, you have to remember that these are mechanical devices. They are still uh, metal and plastic and ceramic pieces. And so it's not always exactly the way that you had it when you were in your 20s. But for the most part, you don't have many restrictions as far as patients going back to doing, you know, the activities that they like. You know, obviously, low-impact exercise like swimming, biking, um, hiking is is better than things like running and jumping. And, you know, higher-impact exercise can always, um, you know, potentially put a little bit more wear on the prosthetic device themselves. But at the same time, if, uh, there's an activity that brings you meaning to your, uh, to your, you know, daily life, and you're able to do so through a joint replacement. Um, you know, I tend not to put too many limitations on my patients for that reason. Let's talk about the procedures themselves. You know, I imagine that knee and hip replacement procedures are quite different from one another. But maybe talk about what goes into each one and what the recovery time is like. I'll start with knee replacement, probably a little bit more common than hip replacement, just again because of you know, how many patients are affected by knee arthritis. But when uh, patients come to see me, oftentimes they think of a knee replacement as sort of cutting out the entirety of the knee and, and putting in a block of a, of a knee replacement into that space. But I like to, to think of it more as a resurfacing in which we're cutting off the surface or shaving away the surface of the, both the femur or the thigh bone as well as the surface of the tibia or the shin bone, and recapping those with uh, metal and plastic pieces to sort of re um, give you some more tread back onto your knee. The procedure itself takes about an hour to an hour and a half. And oftentimes, patients are up walking the same day, and I've had patients even leave the hospital that, that same day after surgery. For the most patients, uh, they're in the hospital a night or so, but usually uh, going back to their home after after that procedure and be getting physical therapy right away uh, to, you know, A, build up muscle strength and maintain range of motion, but to get back to sort of daily activities. It's about the six-week mark where uh, most patients are doing light recreational activities and about 12 weeks before they're sort of released to full, uh, full activity. I said hip replacements are very similar. The procedure is about an hour, hour and a half in duration. A lot of patients uh, are up moving around the same day. Some are going home the same day, or if not, the next morning. I have actually sort of changed my practice over time. I find that a lot of uh, patients after hip replacement don't necessarily need even physical therapy. Uh, my preferred approach is an anterior approach uh, replacement. I find that patients do pretty well pretty quickly and are able to get back to their, their uh, normal life pretty quick. And so for that reason, I don't tend to send a lot of patients to physical therapy unless they need it initially, but sort of make that assessment after they start getting back to their normal routines. In the same way with the knees, I find about six weeks, most patients are back to light recreation. So I always use golf as an example, chipping and putting maybe by six weeks, and then at 12 weeks, swinging the full driver. And again, 12 weeks is that mark where sort of release the full activity and, and back to a full speed normal life. 
it's actually pretty impressive how fast they can go back to their kind of everyday life and normal activities. Um, you know, I'm kind of curious about prevention itself. Like people that are listening to this obviously want to do everything they can to avoid a replacement um, if possible. So maybe talk a little bit about your recommendations around leading a certain lifestyle or potentially taking care of themselves in such a way to minimize the need for a joint replacement in the future. Really, I think the most important thing is to live uh, you know, an active, healthy lifestyle. Diet and exercise can't be understated enough. I think you know, certainly maintaining a healthy weight, a healthy diet, and then, you know, being active, uh, getting out and enjoying, you know, what the Central Coast has to offer, hiking, biking. I would definitely preferentially choose lower impact exercise if I had the choice. But, um, you know, if, if running and jogging is something that gets you up in the morning and, and keeps your mind sharp and healthy, then, you know, that's, uh, <laughs> that's what you should do too. But in my mind, you know, things like swimming, biking, uh, elliptical, where there's a little bit less impact on the joints, I think probably in the long term can um, maybe have a little bit of a benefit to minimize the forces on the um, on those joint surfaces themselves. You know, and, and part of it is staying active over the course of a lifetime. I think there's definitely something to be said for that. To you know, keeping keeping your muscles and your mind sharp as you as you get older. That makes sense. You know, it's it's one of these things where, you know, we often hear people talking about if you don't use it, you lose it. And I imagine that it's the same way with joints. As long as you're not doing anything too high impact, uh, it's actually really good to really get out moving around because it really will increase the longevity of that joint. Is that correct? Not to get too deep into the science, but there's some good evidence to say or some basic science evidence to show that, you know, the cartilage really does respond to uh, physical activity, some mechanical stresses, the bone themselves, you know, definitely respond to mechanical stresses. And so when you think about other conditions like osteoporosis or thinning of the, of the bone, you know, it's important to, you know, do weight-bearing activities and be active because, you know, the body's response to uh, moving your joints and, um, you know, and walking and putting weight on your bones is to sort of reinforce and rebuild and re- renew. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a balance. You don't want to be too hard <laughs> on yourself, but at the same time, you do. Yeah, like you said, you want to keep moving so you don't uh, lose it over time. Just in wrapping up here, I'm curious as to if you have any advice for people listening who might be challenged by the decision to have that knee or hip surgery. Yeah, I always tell patients it's an elective procedure by all means. So your your knee or your hip will definitely tell you when it's time. Um, again. My philosophy is always try to maximize the non-surgical treatment options, uh, but at a certain time, you know, your your joint will tell you it will be waving a white flag and tell you when enough is enough. And at that point, it's uh, you know your decision to make to proceed to surgery. But it's never really it's never a medical emergency. It's really about uh, when the quality of life and when um, you know when your your life is impacted to the point where you decide that a joint replacement is is a treatment for you. All right. Well, I truly appreciate your time today. That's Dr. Dimitri Delagramatikas, an orthopedic surgeon at Tenant Health Central Coast. For more information, visit tenanthealthcentralcoast.com slash services slash orthopedics. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and be sure to check out the entire podcast library for topics of interest to you. This has been Healthy Conversations, the podcast from Tenant Health Central Coast. Thanks, and we'll talk next time.